The foreigners among the Sahaba, those who were among the Muhajireen who migrated from Makkah Mukarramah to Medina Munawara, and also among those who are the Ansar, those who assisted them, those who gave them refuge, and those who then became the helpers of Rasulullah to convey the deen of Allah Taala. <coughs> And further Allah says, وَالَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُوهُمْ بِإِحْسَانِ And those who followed them in a proper manner, correctly, Allah endorses all these people, رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ وَرَضُوا Allah Ta'ala is pleased with them, they are pleased with Allah Ta'ala. This is a certificate that Allah Ta'ala has given to the Sahaba in the Qur'an Kareem. And anybody till the day of Qiyamah who comes and tries to denigrate the Sahaba in any way, tries to lower their position and status, then he is trying to, for example, somebody is trying to spit at the moon. It doesn't make any difference to the moon. The moon will shine as bright as ever. The sun will shine as bright as ever. The only thing is that this will fall back on his own face. He will be just humiliating himself and nobody else. So the status, the position, the rank of the Sahaba Ikram is not something Allah Ta'ala left to anybody's speculation, to anybody's own wombs and fancies and thoughts. Allah Ta'ala has endorsed this in the Quran Sharif. And in this we get the very clear aspect that those who follow the Sahaba correctly, they will be raised with them. So in general, all the sahaba kiram are our guiding stars. But then there are some Sahaba who Nabi Islam highlighted their position. In general, every Sahabi is worth following and emulating. But there were some who even the Sahaba were asked to follow their way. And among these were the Khulafai Rashidin, the first four Khulafa that followed after Rasulullah Tamasaku bi sunnati wa sunnati al-khulafai al-rashidin al-mahdiyin Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu Al-Usman al-Ghani radiallahu anhu And Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu These are the khulafai al-rashidin The Nabi Islam says Hold on to my way and the way of my rightly guided khulafa So they are highlighted as leaders of the ummah And then among other sahaba One of the very great personalities that Nabi Islam highlighted was the personality of Sayyidina Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala that Nabi Islam in one hadith says tamassaku bi ahdi ummi ibn Mas'ud that hold firmly onto the way and the guidance of Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala in one hadith Nabi Islam says raditu li ummati Ma radiya laha ibn ummi abdin. I am happy for my ummah to follow that. With Abdullah bin Mas'ud is happy. This is a certificate of confidence. 
that he will only tell you that which I have told him. He will only guide you to that which the Quran and Sunnah has guided. Nobody, nothing else he will say. I have that degree of confidence in him. So therefore, I'm saying if he says something to you, I'm happy with it. So this is the personality Nabi Islam is highlighting and saying follow his way, take his guidance. So in the short time that we have, we will discuss some aspects of his life so that we gain that guidance, we gain that way that he has been, that he has displayed for the Ummah which Nabi Islam has endorsed. So right at the very beginning of his association with Nabi Islam, his very first meeting, Nabi Islam and Abu Bakr were on a little journey right in the early stages when Islam had just come. Nabi Islam had just been granted Nubuwa and Prophethood. So as they are traveling, there's some jungle, desert, and here they see some person, young boy, and he's grazing some sheep. So Nabi Islam asks him, that, Do you have some milk to give us? It was a very common thing that the shepherds would give milk to the passers-by and this was something they had permission from the owners if it was not theirs but it was not everybody that had this so when Nabi Islam asked do you have any milk so he said yes there is milk there is milk in the, camp, in the animals in the sheep but at the same time he said Wala there is milk but these have been entrusted to me I am merely the shepherd I am not the owner and the owner has not given me any permission to give anybody else anything. Now here is a simple shepherd, somebody who is grazing sheep. So that was a very menial task. Somebody who didn't have anything better to do would be grazing sheep. So a person who was on that rung of society was regarded as a nobody. But this is his level of honesty. This is his consciousness of amanat. And it was this consciousness of amanat that brought him forward. Now when he explains, this is not mine. I don't own it. And therefore it's trust. It's something I'm going to handle as a trust. It's amanat. And this is the lesson that we have to take to heart. The lesson of amanat. Among the signs of qiyamat that Nabi Islam has foretold, is that amanat will be gone that people will just treat anybody else's position as their own. Somebody else's time as their own. Somebody else's possessions as their own. Treat it anyhow. Doesn't matter. Whereas it's amanat, it's a trust. Time is also a trust. Somebody else's honor is also a trust. And deen is a trust. Our eyes are a trust from Allah Ta'ala. All our faculties are a trust. How do we use it? Does a person use his eyes correctly? Or does he use it to look at haram? This is against the dictates of amanat, of the trust Allah that has given. So in any case, this is a topic on his own. So he said, no, I'm just in trust. This is with me in trust. I can't give anything. So Nabi Islam asked him, is there an animal without milk? So he said, yes. He brought one such animal. Allah's Nabi Islam recited something and he passed his hands over the others of that animal. It was an animal that was dry, no milk. But miraculously, milk poured into the others. This was the miracle of Rasulullah. And then they drank out of that milk. And then the beast last said, Iqlis, dry up again. 
they dried up. So he observed this whole thing and he came to the beast last after this and he said, Alimni, teach me also what you recited and bring me to your deen. But what brought him this attachment, the initial aspect was his honesty. The initial aspect was his consciousness of amanat. As a result, he became close to Rasulullah And now because of this, he came into deen, came into Islam. From grazing sheep, from so to say making khidmat of sheep, he now came into the khidmat and the service of Sayyidina Rasulullah The greatest of Allah Ta'ala's creation. After Allah Ta'ala is only your rank. From where to where? From the khidmat and the service of sheep to the service of the greatest of Allah Ta'ala's creation. Nobody before him or after him has set foot on earth who was greater than him and nobody on the heavens and earth is greater than him. After Allah Ta'ala is his rank. The greatest angel also can't reach his rank. From the service of sheep to the service of this personality of Allah Ta'ala. What was the catalyst? The catalyst was Amanat. So nevertheless, now he came into the company of Rasulullah and then he attached himself so closely that he now became known as Sahibun Alain, or Bisada, or Bithara, the person who was in charge of the shoes of Rasulullah. Allah's Nabi would enter the masjid, he would take charge of the shoes to look after it. And Nabi wanted to take a rest, he would keep the pillow with. And he would make wudu, he would keep that little jug for water. In other words, this became his good fortune that he became so close. But this is the lesson in it, that he then was elevated in rank by this association. And how much of importance he himself gave to this association, this good company. He is such a great sahabi person of this caliber and this rank. Nabi Islam is saying to the Ummah, follow his way. After Rasulullah's time, he one day comes to Sham. Uh, he's based in Kufa. He comes to Sham, to Syria. Now it's a foreign place to him. It's a new place. It's like somebody now going to some other foreign country from here, which is not his home. So now when he comes to Sham, he comes to Syria, what does he do? The first thing he goes into the masjid. And he says, Qadim to Sham for He performs two rakat salah. He's come to a foreign place. And in this foreign place now, the first thing he's asking for some help from Allah Ta'ala. A person comes to a foreign place, he goes to China. The first thing he might ask for, Ya Allah, make the deal go right. And make it such that uh, make a huge profit out of this. No harm in that, provided that deal is 100% halal. Everything is proper and above board. But that is what we will ask for. Or we will ask for everything, a comfortable stay. He comes to Sham, the first thing, he's in a foreign place, he makes two rakat salah. He's a sahabi of this rank. He says, Ya Allah, give me good company in this place. Allahumma yassirli jalisan saliha. Good, pious company is what I'm asking for. Any case now, he performs a salah, makes his dua. Then he comes out, he sees a group of people sitting. Then he comes and sits along beside them. Short while later, another person comes along. Very respectable, you can see the person is some distinguished person. 
He doesn't know anybody here. This person comes and sits next to him. So he inquires from the others, who is this? He seems to be some senior person. He says, this person, he is Abu Darda radiallahu anhu, a great Sahabi of Rasulullah So he turns to Abu Darda radiallahu anhu and he says, I just came now and I made dua. I asked Allah Ta'ala, Ya Allah grant me good pious company. Allah Ta'ala has bestowed you to me. In other words, my dua has been answered. This was his dua and got answered immediately too. But now when he says to him that I had made dua for this, so to say you are the answer to my dua. What does Dardar ask him? Ask him, where are you from? Say, I come from Kufa. You come from Kufa? Then, don't you know Ibn Ummi Abd? Alaysa indakum Ibn Ummi Abdin? Sahibun alayn wal misada wal mithara? Is not Abdullah bin Mas'ud among you? The person who was in charge of the shoes of Rasulullah The person who was in charge of the pillow and the wudu things the jug, etc. He is that personality who Nabi Islam has asked people to be with him. In other words, you come here, you are asking for good company. You've got better company there. Stick to that company. And benefit from that company. This is the key element in a person's progress in deen and his safety in dunya also. The company a person keeps, the company will make him or break him. Either he's got good pious company and though he is inclined to other things, but he gets into good pious company, he's going to naturally get inclined to their way of doing things and where they want to go. Other pious company, it's azan time, they're heading to the masjid, he'll head to the masjid. He'll have no choice. Sooner or later, he's going to get to the masjid also. They are engaging in good work, in work of deen, etc. He'll get drawn into it also. And no matter what his piety may be, he gets into the wrong company. Sooner or later, he'll be in the vice dens. Because only now and then, that's where the company is going. If a person wants to be safe from all the fitnas, a person wants to be protected from the traps of nafs and shaitan, a person wants to protect and safeguard his deen, and he wants to be safe from all the calamities of dunya also, then among various things, the key aspect is the company he keeps. And company is not confined to human company. The book a person reads is also company. If it's a good book, it's an authentic book, it'll take him forward. And if it is something that somebody has put some poison in it, that is terrible company. It might corrupt his aqidah and belief. It might turn his mind away in so many different ways. So that book is also company. The media is also company. And the media and all these things are company where a person is in the company of sometimes the worst of creation. People who are the most deviated, they are the ones who are at the forefront of it. And a person is passively in that company, just absorbing anything and everything. So all this is company. The company makes a person or breaks a person. So in any case, Abdullah bin Mas'ud, this is the lesson he gives us here, the lesson of company. Then the other aspect is, we learn from him, that to what extent a person should be dependent on the people of knowledge. He is this ranking, this person with this rank. Nabi Islam is saying that follow his way. And Nabi Islam is endorsing him that I am happy with what he is happy. He's learned so much from me. And then once he says himself that Wallah, Laqad Alima Ashabun Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
anni a'lamuhum bi kitabillah that the sahaba are all well aware that I have the greatest amount of knowledge of the Quran Sharif among all of them because Nabi Islam taught him directly there were numerous things that he learned without any other means in between no other person directly he learned so he's just stating a fact and then he at the same time says وَلَكِنِّي لَسْتُ بِخَيْرِهِمْ yes I have more knowledge in the Quran than all the Sahaba. This is something Allah has blessed me with, but I'm not the best of them. In terms of virtue, they are many better than me. They are two different things. So this is his humility at the same time. But then further he says, If I know of any person who knows something that I'm not aware of in terms of deen, and the camel can ride to that point of the world. He might be in some distant corner of the world. But the camels can reach there, I will go there to seek that knowledge from him. Despite the knowledge Allah has blessed me with, I am not independent from the people of knowledge. And if I come to know somebody in a distant corner of the world has something that I don't know about, I will go and learn it from him. Nowadays, unfortunately, person has some books, and he becomes independent of the people of knowledge. He becomes his own tutor. And many of the very big fitnas that have happened in the cause of history have been started off by people who were self-tutored. Somebody had some mastery in the Arabic language. That's Arabic language. Alhamdulillah, it's very good to learn Arabic. But then he took it as a license to start learning and understanding deen independently from the people of knowledge. These became the leaders of fitna. Whether it was the Qadiani fitna, whether it was the Maududi fitna, whether it was many other fitnas that happened in the cause of history. Recent history and past history. But the leaders of these fitnas were people who were self-tutored. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud now is telling us that we will, I will seek this knowledge from somebody in the furthest corner of the earth also. Hazrat Umar is that personality who Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said had they been anybody who had been conferred with prophethood and nubuat after me it would have been Umar there's no Nabi to come after me had they been a Nabi after me it would have been Umar what a endorsement in terms of in, in favor of Umar when it is the time of his Khilafat he is the Amir al-Mu'mineen and Iraq was just now newly conquered now he sends Hazrat Ammar bin Yasir and Hazrat Abdullah bin Mas'ud to the people of Iraq and together he sends a letter addressed to the people of Iraq and he says to them that قَدْ بَعَسْتُ إِلَيْكُمْ عَمَّارَ بْنَ يَاسِرٍ أَمِيرًا وَعَبْدَ اللَّهِ بْنَ مَسْعُودٍ مُعَلِّمًا وَوَزِيرًا I've sent Ammar bin Yasir to you as the Amir. He's going to be your ruler. And I've sent Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anhu to you as Mu'alliman wa He's going to be your teacher. And he's going to be the minister. He will assist in the state affairs of the state as well. And then he addresses the people and says, وَهُمَا مِن نُجَبَاءِ مِنْ أَصْحَابِ النَّبِي صلى الله عليه وسلم مِنْ أَهْلِ بَدْرٍ These two people are among the elite of the Sahaba-i-Kiram. 
they participated in Badr also. And among the Sahaba, the highest rank are those of, of those Sahaba who participated in Badr. Then Hazrat Umar now says to them, Fasma'u, O people, listen carefully. Fata'allamu minhuma, waqtadu bihima. That learn from these two Sahaba and follow them. And waqad athartukum bi abdillahi ala nafsi. I have given preference to you over myself with regards to Abdullah bin Mas'ud. I needed him with me to assist me in terms of whatever issues would come up to give me the guidance. But I gave you preference. So you listen now, learn from them and follow them. But the big question that can come up is, Umar is saying, follow them. Why didn't he say follow the Quran and Sunnah? Because that is what you have to follow. And that is the slogan by which, unfortunately, the correct slogan, it's a 100% slogan. The slogan is 100% perfect. But it is a correct slogan which people are misusing to deviate others. Umar is saying, follow these two personalities. He should have been saying, follow the Quran and Sunnah. Why is he saying follow them? Because they have greater, deeper knowledge of the Quran and Sunnah. You follow them, they will teach you correctly what is the Quran and Sunnah. And you try to do it yourself without the knowledge, you'll go somewhere else. You'll think you're following Quran and Sunnah. But without knowledge from the people of knowledge, you will go in some other direction. And this is unfortunately what happens nowadays. People come up with these kind of slogans and then say, but there's no need to follow the Imams of Fiqh. There's no need to follow Imam Abu Hanifa and Imam Shafi, Imam Malik, Imam Ahmad. What is the need to follow these people? Follow the Quran and Sunnah. As if these people are teaching something apart from Quran and Sunnah. Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal knew one million ahadith by heart from memory. Imam Abu Hanifa endorsed by the greatest personalities of ilm at that time. Now somebody comes in the 14th century, 15th century, and he says, No need to follow these people, we'll do our own thing. We'll finish off with his own thing. So we have to learn from the people of knowledge. And these people codified the knowledge, extracted the Messiah, and codified it. They taught nothing but the Quran and Sunnah. That is a topic on its own. What was their rank, their knowledge in Hadith, in Quran, what depth they had. That's a total subject on its own. But in any case, Abdullah bin Mas'ud gives this. Now, Umar gives this advice and says to them, follow them. Once he advises the people, Abdullah bin Mas'ud is that personality Nabi Islam will say to us, follow his way, listen to him, take his guidance. So he addresses the people and he says to them, Ya ayyuhan nas, O people, acquire knowledge tabla yurfa, before knowledge is taken away. And then he says, فَإِنَّ مِنْ رَفْعِهِ أَيُّقْبَدَ أَصْحَابُ And one of the ways in which knowledge is taken away is that the people of knowledge are taken away. One after the other, the people of knowledge start leaving the dunya. And as a result, now people just resort to anything. Says this is the way knowledge is taken away. Uh, he could have still said, don't worry, if people of knowledge are gone, the libraries are full. He said, no, no, learn from the people of knowledge before they are gone. Because even if the libraries are full, without the people of knowledge, you cannot correctly benefit from the libraries also. That the chain of knowledge has been heart to heart. The libraries have been an aid 
have been an assistance in this. But the chain of knowledge is heart to heart. Where a student has learned from a teacher, who himself has learned from his teacher, and this has gone all the way to Rasulullah. Imam Bukhari, rahimahullah, every hadith will say, Haddasana Fulan, Qala Haddasana Fulan, Qala Haddasana Fulan. I heard this hadith from so and so. He related it from so and so. And he related it from so and so up to Rasulullah. So this has then come by that chain, unbroken chain up to this era. And therefore, Abdullah bin Mas'ud is saying, You want to get correct knowledge, follow the people of knowledge. And then he further says, Iyakum, Beware of the new innovative things. For 1400 years, 1200 years from the time of the Imams of Fiqh, people have been safely going through the journey of life in terms of their deen and fulfilling all the requirements of deen without any difficulty and without any confusion. Now somebody will come and say, no need to follow all this. All this is all outdated. Abdullah bin Masood is saying, watch out for these new innovative things. And beware of going too deep in things which are beyond your reach. What is your need is to correctly obey Allah Ta'ala. To fulfill the obligations of deen. To go into the depths of things which are beyond somebody's capacity, he's going to put himself into confusion. He's going to put himself into things which he doesn't need to get into. A person needs heart surgery, he goes to the heart surgeon and then that person then performs the surgery. He doesn't ask him first you give me the whole detail. What you're going to cut, where you're going to cut, what kind of instrument you're going to use. That is his job, he's an expert in it. He asks him what should I do. He said you take this medication, this is your diet and this will be the surgery done to you and you carry on. So one person is on the level of the patient, he will take that advice and carry on. The heart surgeon will do his surgery. So those who are the fuqaha, those who are the experts in deen, they will get into the depths of things. The rest of us, we fulfill whatever is the obligations of deen and learn what applies to us in day-to-day life. That knowledge is compulsory for us. How to do our business correctly? Are we doing the things correctly or are we just doing things anyhow? And just being happy with how we're going about it. Many a times a person in passing says something. And you ask him again, what did you say? He says, no, this is how I did it. But this is 100% interest. He says, well, but the person told me, he'll give me 20% profit. So by just making it profit, calling it profit, doesn't become profit. If the reality of it is interest, you gave him 10,000 rands and he said, he'll give you 20% profit. That is 100% interest. So in any case, to learn the Masail of Deen, how are we doing our business? What pertains to us in day-to-day life? How do we treat our families? We need to learn all these things, our ibadat, our akhlaq, our mu'amalat, mu'asharat. That is what we need to learn. The depths of things, he says, leave that out. For the, leave it for the experts. وَعَلَيْكُمْ بِالْعَتِيقِ You follow the old way which has come from Rasulullah the sahaba, the tabi'een, the khayrul qurun. And inshallah, you'll be going safely through this passage of dunya without any confusion. So these are the things that we have to hold on to. Allah Ta'ala give us a topic. Thank you.